Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. The only thing that I notice when it's all men and I'm the only woman, like they, they tend to try to filter what they say and be more you know, proper because there's a lady around. I would say if you're a woman in the industry and you want to go far, you've got to learn to suck it up. <laughs> I know some people, some people say crappy, but we say crappie down here, so yes. And this may be a strange comparison for someone who's hunted both, but it kind of reminded me of hunting hogs back home in Texas, except they're just way bigger and scarier. And I hugged it, like I just wanted to hug a bear. Like, y'all are, are y'all, are y'all safe? Are y'all being careful? I'm like, we only have a trailer full of bows and guns. I don't know what else we could need. I said, who is this guy? He's coming on my hunt with me on this card game. He goes, I don't know, but he looks like a bag. The minute you put it down, you'll never pick it back up. You'll always just think that you're not good enough to do it and you're going to experience things that everybody does so you're not alone you're not terrible it's just a skill that you have to perfect over a lot of years this is jessica taylor byers and you're listening to living country in the city episode 19 y'all ready for your dose of flyover state spirit Straight from the concrete jungle? Well, put down your latte and pull on your boots. It's time for Living Country in the City. Hey, y'all. Thank you for joining me for episode 19 of Living Country in the City. Now, today I get the chance to talk with Jessica Taylor Byers, also known online as Follow Her Arrow. She's a Texas girl, an avid bow hunter, and a huge inspiration. Y'all want to hear what she's got to say, so let's get to it. Jessica, thank you so much for hopping on the podcast with me today. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So for those of my listeners that may not know exactly who you are, why don't you kind of give me an intro about just your history with hunting and the outdoors and maybe what you're doing now? Sure. Um, I'll try to make it short, although there's a lot of history there. Um, I'm Jessica Taylor Byers. I'm from Central Texas, and I've hunted for since I was young. There's only maybe a period of about five years or so in my in my childhood where I, I wasn't hunting. Um, I always wanted to learn how to bow hunt, and never felt confident enough walking into an archery shop or asking somebody to teach me, you know, in a male dominant industry, it can be super intimidating. And then bow hunting in general is just like a really skilled thing to learn. So it took meeting my husband about four and a half, almost five years ago. He had been bow hunting since he was, I don't know, eight years old. And that's all he's really done. And now he's 28. So he has a, a long history of experiences in the field and, um, 
pretty much just took my hand and, and introduced me within six months of meeting him. And I've been, so now I've been, I've been bow hunting pretty much exclusively bow hunting for about four and a half years now. And, um, I just realized like, as I got, as I, as I started, I got through a couple of seasons and I had a really great success. Like <laughs> it was totally new, you know, first time luck. And I constantly had these women all the time. Like, how do you do that? I could never do that. I don't know how you shoot a bow. Like, how do you feel confident enough to pick up a weapon and go into an archery shop? And I was just sitting here thinking like, no, I was you one time. Like I was, I was there. I was sitting where you are. And the only reason I am where I am now is because I had somebody that was patient enough and passionate enough and a male that had, it was experienced to introduce me, but that's not always the case. And so I took that and kind of ran with it and thought, how can I provide a platform to encourage other women to pick up a bow and not feel intimidated and learn from a woman because we are, our mentality is different. You know, men and women are different for a reason. And I think that it's, it can be much easier learning from a woman when you are a woman. So, um, that's where follow her arrow came in. It just started as a blog and I would talk about my experiences, the good and the bad, because you know, it's something a lot of people try to skip over, but in the real world, if you don't miss and you don't screw up and you haven't been doing it long enough. So, um, I'm super transparent and I, I try to use that as an avenue to, you know, attract people to it instead of turn them away and make them feel like, you know, you have to be the best right out of the, you know, right off the bat. So, um, yeah, here I am now it's, it's kind of within six months of starting it, it just, it just blew up. You know, I love, I love writing and I love sharing all my experiences and, so now I'm just traveling around the world and hunting and meeting really cool people. <laughs> it's, it's been fun. Well, what's it like being a woman in, in, as you said, this very super male dominated industry? You know, do you do you find there's any additional challenges? Have you felt like it's you've been accepted pretty well? Do you feel like there's a lot of a lot of feedback or pushback? You know, when I when I first started it. Let's see. I started. I started Follow Her Arrow in twenty in August of twenty fifteen. So coming up on two years. When I first started, I got a lot of pushback. Yeah, it was like, you know, she's in it for the wrong reasons, or she's not really a hunter, or she's just a pretty face, or whatever. Like, I mean, I've written about it, and I've done um, some YouTube videos talking about it pretty openly because it, it does sting a little bit. Um, I, you know, the anti-hunters don't bother me at all. I'm numb to them. But when hunters come at me, it, 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 it can get to me. Um, granted, my, my skin thickens every day. But recent, like in the last year or so, I've felt nothing but support. I mean, you're going to have comments here and there. But like I said, since I've been hunting since I was younger, I typically was the one of the only girls in camp all the time. I mean, I had sisters, but you know, there's only one, there's only one that hunts. So, and, and she's 12 years older, so she wasn't always in camp with me. So the, the idea of always being the only woman in camp, that was nothing new. Like I just came from bear camp in Alberta and I was the only girl except for one or two days. And it was his wife that she's, she was just there to, you know, support him. So, um, I don't, I don't feel, I feel very, very, very welcomed in camp. Um, the only thing that I notice is, um, like when it's all men and I'm the only woman, like they, they tend to try to filter what they say and be more, 
you know, proper because there's a lady <laughs> around. And I'm like, if y'all are going to filter everything that you say and not treat this like you're at deer camp, then I'm just going to go to bed. Like, I'm not, I don't want people to act different because I am a woman. I understand the respect, you know, being respectful. Um, but as far as lashback, I don't, I don't, I don't feel it. Or maybe I've gotten really good at ignoring it, but I, I yeah, I feel very supported. I mean, every camp I go to, they're excited because it's different. It's different to have a woman in camp and, um, and one that's confident. Like I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not insecure with my bow in other areas, maybe like gun hunting. I don't know a whole lot about, um, or like backcountry hunting. I don't know a lot about. So if I go into a situation where I made, I don't know a lot about it, I can be intimidated, but in general, I'm very confident with my weapon and what I'm doing. And, um, it doesn't really open up that door for them to come at me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A lot of it's how you carry yourself. And I just, I'm not cocky. Lord, I'm not cocky, but, um, I, I am confident with, with what I do and what I'm about and, um, how I represent it. Well, I definitely feel like, you know, when you walk into a, any situation, if you walk in with confidence, people are going to see that they're going to respect that and they're going to feed off that. If you sure. walk in with a lot of insecurities and, you know, you're very timid, people are going to react to that and they're going to feed off that and you know it's It's an energy thing for sure so like this is my mom coming out in me because she's like a total free spirit but I just (laughs) I believe that I I truly believe that what you allow to to rest in your mind and and what you hold inside is a magnet to what you attract and so I try to keep that in mind anywhere I go and anything that I do um sorry I thought I heard my goat like jumping on my front door I have two pet goats for the record (laughs) on a side note (laughs) <laughs> I live in the country, not in the city. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I think, I think that's a, a really, uh, solid point. You're going to attract what you put off and, and I certainly don't want to open up, um, room for negativity. So the men, the men have been great. Like I really, I, um, in general, I've, I've, I feel really good about the, the context that I've made and, um, and typically where I go hunting, it's an invitation from a man to come into camp. It's not like I'm walking in and they already have their, you know, their opinions of, oh, there's a woman coming. She booked a hunt. Like, no, it's usually them coming to me. And so they, they're accepting of it. Mm-hmm. So it's been good. Yeah, no. And I definitely, I saw, um, as I was kind of going through your stuff and, uh, your website and your blog and, I definitely saw that article and uh, I went to the, uh, you had a link to the post that kind of prompted the article. Yeah. And <laughs> ridiculous, right? I just, uh, you know, it's it, sad. <laughs> I, I can't even begin. It's, it's pretty obvious that you know what you're doing when, if anybody takes a moment to look at anything you've posted, anything, you know, you're not, it's not just a bunch of tree stand selfies and photo shoot shots. Right. You've, right. you've got a lot of great material and a lot of great stuff you've posted up. And but people don't want to take the time to look through all that. Yeah. They see one thing and they'll make their opinion and they jump on that. It's like, it's like a bandwagon thing, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, once one gets going, the other gets going. And that's why that post is probably the only one you'll ever see like that because I just don't have, the only other, the only chain, like chain or what's the word? 
where they the only I don't know what I'm trying to say where it's a reactive thing where people jump on and just keep on adding to it is are anti hunters. I typically mm-hmm. typically hunters aren't that way, luckily. Yeah. But in that post, it was awful. It got pretty bad. So it's funny that you saw that. I always wonder if people go back and go back that far and really look at my content to that extent because <laughs> you can see the transition of when I started versus where I am now. And I just don't get a lot of it. Well, and I, I always have this morbid fascination with the people that leave those comments. Like I'll go in and, uh, when I see those people, I, I sometimes I'll pick a random person. I'll go in and I'll kind of delve into their life a little bit and what they have up. And I look at these people and I'm like, you're not one to be talking, bro. You know, you're, yeah, you're usually, (laughs) you just kind of look like a drunk redneck Bubba wearing an affliction t-shirt. And (laughs) I'm like, there's not a lot that I, I can really say positive about you right now. So I wouldn't be talking much crap on somebody and else's I've done page that too. I've looked into it I've looked into some of the people that make their comments and I'll go and check them out and I have their you know have my moments of like uh, I could really say some things right now and then I think well first of all two wrongs don't make a right and second of all I've already wasted how much energy and time going to look at their stuff you know like mm-hmm. why don't I I don't know, do something more, you know, positive with my time and something that would build me and not, you know, tear me down. So certainly your skin thickens quick, quickly. If you want to, I would say if you're a woman in the industry and you want to go far, you've got to learn to suck it up (laughs) because it's (laughs) going to come. But yeah. And honestly, I've gotten a chance to talk to, uh, a few women in the industry so far. I got, uh, uh, early in the podcast, I got to talk with Christy Titus. Uh, I've talked with oh, Nikki cool. Tilly. Um, just yesterday, I uh, did a podcast I'll be releasing soon uh, with Hannah Barron. And it's one thing, one thread I've noticed with with all of y'all in the industry. You know, y'all come from very different backgrounds and and different types of hunting and locations and things like that. But it's just you're all very tough. Um, you have to be. You have to be. I I haven't listened to I'll be I'll love to listen to Hannah's podcast. I've listened to Christy a couple of times and I just love her perspective. She's so positive. She's just such a she's such a breath of fresh air. Um I had a chance to meet her this year, but one day I hope to hunt with her. That'd be really cool. Um Christy, yeah, you, if you you're have... listening to this podcast, hint hint. <laughs> um <laughs> just saying. Yeah. Um <laughs> that would be awesome. That'd be a dream come true. Go elk hunting with her. I actually first heard about her through the same people. I I go, I go to the same outfitter every year to go elk hunting in the Gila mountains in New Mexico, um, trophy Ridge outfitters. And they, they are friends of hers. And I mean, I found that was in 2015 and she's been one of my biggest inspirations since then. Um, really, really cool, strong woman. So but yeah, I, I, I agree. You have to be tough and, um, suck it up. You can't <laughs> react. You can't, you can't put time into that. It's just that didn't help you at all. I, I will admit I'm the, I'm the guiltiest person of that. I just, oh man, it takes everything in me when, when people leave comments, not even on, not even on my stuff. I'm not, I'm not really popular yeah, enough to have haters but yeah. yeah like 
friends of mine, people I admire. Um, you know, I try, I, it takes all I have to not waste my time on these people and turn into the little, you know, militia member and I need to defend so-and-so, you know? (laughs) So So my, my husband Braxton, he actually, you know, like every, everything is branded follow her arrow. Like it's, it's us as a team. Um, but it's, it's all follow her arrow, except on Instagram, he's follow his arrow. Mm -hmm. He's not on anything else. He doesn't care to be on anything else. He swore he'd never get social media when we first started dating. (laughs) <laughs> but the only reason he got on Instagram is because he wanted to respond <laughs> to all those people. And I was like, dear God, just please don't use your real name. Like, I don't even want to know what you're going to say. Well, then once he, you know, really enjoyed, started enjoying the platform and everything that it, you know, encompassed, I was like, okay, if you're going to use your name, you you got to keep it clean. Like, I always am like, I know you're my husband and you're, you want to defend me and, but it's just not worth it. You know, at the end of the day, you have to represent us as a team in a positive way and, and choose where you put, what you put your energy into and the people that you acknowledge. And it is hard because I'll have like, for like, for my recent bear hunt, I had, you know, hundreds of comments, like great job, blah, 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 positive. Like, and then you got to have that one or two people that just, want to just lay into you and why is that the temptation there that I want to respond to them first like that's not fair you know like I need to be mm-hmm. responding to the ones that support me but it is hard because you just you want to jump all over them but people don't know any better they're in and, and they're usually just insecure have their own stuff going on and it, it's just coming out in that moment so so speaking of Braxton um he hunts as well right Oh yeah, he's hunted uh, forever. Like since he could walk, he's been in a in a he's been in the field doing something. And then um, when he was eight years old, he got his first bow. And I think he got his first bow kill when he was about twelve. And he's he's just kind of like me. Like you know, we we will go gun hunting. Don't get me wrong. I, I think gun hunters are completely necessary. It's, this isn't some divide at all, but. Um, he's super passionate about bow hunting and that's what fueled him to teach me. So yes, he's very, very knowledgeable, specifically in white, whitetail. And, um, he's guided a lot of whitetail and hogs and exotics in Texas, but then he's also a really good crappie fisherman. Okay. I know some people, some people say crappy, but we say crappie down here. So yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, we, so, like to go fish. so yeah. we don't need any emails correcting her on pronunciation. Just throwing right. that out there. <laughs> yeah, um, all my followers they always they always make fun of me for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so what's it like? Do you guys get to hunt much together? Is there a little bit of a level of competition between the two of you? Uh, what's that like? Um, there is definitely competition when it comes to practicing, but he he whoops me every time. I mean you just can't rush time when it comes to archery. Like it, it is so much of a, a patience thing, you know, just practice, you know, practicing and building up over time. And he's got, I don't know, 15 more years than me. <laughs> so <laughs> he's, he's been very successful. There's competition in that way. There's definitely competition when it comes to fishing. Like I always want to get more fish than him, but he's very selfless when it comes to hunting. So I get to hunt with him a lot in terms of, him videoing me, um, 
the times that I try to take over the video camera, he's like, absolutely not because he's hunted so much that he gets, he finds more joy in watching me hunt something and him being behind the camera. I think he gets actually more worked up. I've seen him shake way worse behind the camera than with a bow in his hand. So, <laughs> um, so it works. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's fun. I do get to hunt with him a lot. Typically he's not with me when I go, um, out of state. Like a lot of times he can't come out of state with me, but in the fall he will go elk hunting with me for a week and we're going to go back to Saskatchewan for a week. Um, but other than that, I mean, he'll go on like Thursday through Sunday trips almost every weekend with me, but the, the longer times he can't be there. So that's, that's why I, I, um, I just recently, uh, flew Jeremiah from California up to Alberta to film that hunt. So I'll do that. I'll, I'll fly somebody to film and take, take his spot when he can't be there. But yeah, we spend a lot of time together. A lot. We are always together. <laughs> well, that's great to hear. Cause it's, I can imagine it, it, it can be tough for, uh, for a lot of couples. If one person is, is out doing these, these long term trips and the other, other is, you know, staying home or, you know, you're not able to spend that time together and, yeah, I, I always tell him, like, I don't know how he does it. And at times I feel guilty because I have so much opportunity. And the thing is, is most people offer him the same opportunity as well. He just can't always make it. But he doesn't care. Like, he truly, he's like my, he's literally my biggest fan. And I, it is sad because I've, I've been on, on trips where it wasn't, that wasn't the case, you know, where significant others were, had a hard time dealing with it, with the spotlight or the success or this and that. And that's just, he's just not that way. I mean, if you think about it, everything that I, that I'm offered, he's included in that. So he's benefiting from it in every way. <laughs> he just can't go on every single trip, but, um, no, oh, he's great. He, he's the most supportive person. He wants nothing but success for me. And, and one day for us, I mean, it's certainly more me right now than him, but he has deserves every bit of the credit. You know, I wouldn't have ever had a, I don't want to say I would have never had a bow in my hand, but, um, I don't know at what point in my life I would have felt confident enough as an individual to walk into an archery shop alone or asked some random person, Hey, can you teach me? Mm -hmm. So it, it's definitely full circle as far as like him, you know, him sharing something with me and it taking off the way that it has. <laughs> And I hope that I hope that everybody, you know, that's in a relationship will, you know, has that because it's I couldn't imagine it being any other way. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. 
They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. So, speaking of trips you've taken, uh, you just got back from Alberta, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us a little bit about that trip. Uh, so, I was hunting with Three Rivers Adventures um, near Slave Lake, Alberta, and... Um, Corey Jarvis is the owner. I had never been, I had never been bear hunting before and it's his black bear hunting for the record. Um, truthfully, I never, I didn't really ever have an, an, an interest in bear hunting. Um, it was just kind of one of those things. It's kind of one of those things where if I had an opportunity to go cool, but I wasn't going to, you know, sacrifice another trip to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but over the, you know, the past year or so, I've just, I've, I've been watching people going and I've been like completely infatuated with it. So I went ahead and bit the bullet and did it. And I'm so thankful because I also got to experience my very first time in a tent camp, which again, for Northwest hunters, maybe that seems so silly, but being in something other than a lodge that has heating and AC and, you know, it just, it felt more rugged, even though it was a really, really nice tent camp like it was like wall tents and stuff like it was super nice um I would say it's luxury tents but it it was just more rugged than what I'd experienced before and you know eventually I want to go on a even more legit backcountry hunt but um it was awesome it reminded me and this may be a strange comparison for someone who's hunted both but it kind of reminded me of hunting hogs back home in Texas except they're just way bigger and scarier. Uh, <laughs> but the way the, their behavior, their mannerisms, their, um, even like their senses. So like with bears, like their sense of smell is wonderful, but their eyesight isn't their great, isn't that great. And their hearing isn't, you know, amazing. At, at least it didn't make them nervous that I was there making any kind of noise. Uh, it's similar with hogs and, you know, if a hog wins you, it's gone. Mm-hmm. Same with a bear. Um, it it reminded me a lot. And I think that's why I was able to stay somewhat calm, at least in my first bear. My second bear, not the case. I was literally like hyperventilating in the stand before I could get my bow drawn back. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was intense. Um, but yeah, it was wonderful. I, I, you know, I went there trying not to have any expectations because just the experience alone of having a whole different, you know, camp and meeting new people and, um, just soaking up a totally new atmosphere um, was wasn't you know enough for me, but I did really want a bear, and I was very fortunate fortunate enough to end up with two bears, and it's still very surreal to me the whole the whole experience. I'm actually editing my 60 second um, shot video right now of both of them, so I hope to have that out sometime this week and give you all a little bit of insight onto how excited I got. <laughs> that was pretty pumped up. But yeah, both trophy to, you know, quote unquote trophy bears, if you want to put it that way, for sure. I mean, I, they're once in a lifetime bears. That's awesome. I remember uh, back really when I first started ever getting interested in hunting, you know, it, when it, I, I wouldn't even say that I was really pursuing hunting. I just, you know, I enjoyed guns and I thought to myself, hey, this would be cool to do sometime. And I think um, I think I had a friend that was going to take me dove hunting. So I was looking at the 
the fish and game website and mm-hmm. you know figuring out how much I'd have to pay for licenses and I was reading about licenses and I remember seeing uh uh bow hunting for or, or archery bear tags and I'm like what <laughs> I'm like wait 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 there's people and I'm I'm sure I have a post on Facebook or something about it you know from a from several several years ago uh, I, I I can almost guarantee I made a post about it. Um, I'm like, people actually will go after a bear, a bear, yeah. big growly thing with claws, yeah, with a bow. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, y'all are crazy. Yeah, <laughs> and I used to say the same thing. I did, and plus they are beautiful creatures. They are cute and. You do want it like when I when I came up on my first one, I hugged it like I just wanted to hug a bear. Like I can see how it kind of gets people amped up on, you know, from a different perspective. But it's a it's it's cool. You know, anytime you hunt a new animal, you're going to have a completely different experience. Mm -hmm. And that certainly is. It's like the more I more I look at it now and it's, it's just funny how my perspective has changed since I've learned more about it and seen seen all of this and and now I went from like y'all are crazy like that would uh, that's terrifying to like yeah. oh man how soon can I schedule this bear hunt you know like yeah. oh dang why doesn't California have a spring bear season kind of a thing right. I'm like when I'm, did you start hunting so uh yeah a little I mean the quick background on me um I am brand new to this I have yet to even take an animal um okay. I picked up a bow about a year and a half ago. Um, I was interested in hunting before that. I was always a rifle guy. I used to help teach rifle marksmanship uh, here in California and started looking into hunting, thought it was interesting. And so I started, you know, kind of following people on Instagram and, and learning about all of this stuff and started following a few bow hunters and people that were learning about the bow. And um, I haven't shot a bow. I hadn't shot a bow since I was a kid in elementary school with my little U3 curve and going out to the park (laughs) and literally just picking up any arrow that somebody left behind because, you know, I didn't know any better. And I was like, you know, this would be fun. You know, I was driving by a Bass Pro Shop and I stopped in. I'm like, well, I'm going to go look at the bows. And I may have blacked out in the Bass Pro Shop and walked away, you know, $600 poorer with a brand new bow. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Easy to do. But, you know, that was about a year and a half ago and I started practicing and and really I've I've done a little bit of tree stand hunting, um, was uh, out in Mississippi and spent uh, spent a week or so in a tree stand learning about that. And um, no, what do you prefer? Have you done spot and stalk? Not yet. So that's what I'm okay. that's what I'm working okay. on this this September. I am heading out to Idaho uh, unless I get ridiculously lucky with California draws. Um, but I'm planning on heading out to Idaho and doing making it as hard on myself as possible. And my my very first spot and stock hunt is going to be a backcountry elk hunt with a bow. So <laughs> are you going with someone? Uh. Uh, right now, I'm I'm I've hopefully talked my buddy into coming with me. He is not a hunter. He is a he is an avid hiker who has said I will carry a camera. He's like I have zero desire to shoot anything, but I will carry a camera and I will help you pack out anything you want. Which I promptly told him afterwards: don't ever talk to any other hunters. You just only talk to me. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> um, yeah. they'll 
They'll take you up on that real quick. Yeah. I just need to, I just need to teach him now how to bugle and get him, get him learning that so I can get him to call for me as well. And I'll be, I'll be set. Yeah. But, uh, that's, and that's intense. I mean, more power to you. I, I hope you get one. That's, that would be a dream hunt. I haven't done a backcountry elk hunt. I'm always in a lodge whenever I go. So that's kind of what I was talking about a minute ago. I, I want to do that. I wish I could take the camp that I was in up there in Alberta and hunt elk in that. And that's, that would be amazing. Well, but if, if you and Braxton like have a free week, early September. <laughs> oh yeah. We'll be in New Mexico. I think, I don't know. We might be going late season this year. But don't tempt me with a good time. I love <laughs> elk hunting is my favorite. I mean, well, I'm doing a. Oh, it's I'm planning on it's going to be over the counter tags, public land, uh, out in Idaho. Um, I've you know I <laughs> I'm always. How long are you going for? I'm planning on six to eight days. I've got to figure it out exactly. Um, yeah. But uh, I'm pretty much maxing out my vacation days with work on this one. So, <laughs> oh man, that'd be awesome. You're gonna have fun. I'm looking. I'm looking forward to it. You know, I'm. I'm trying not to get get my hopes too high. You know, I understand uh, the percentages, but I'm. I'm working, and and that's part of what I'm trying to document with with my Instagram and my podcast is just kind of my journey to prepare for this and to do everything I possibly can to be as ready as possible. And, you know, I'm, I'm doing absolutely everything I can do. I'm training, I'm hiking, all of this. Uh, you know, I'm, yeah, I think Idaho, I've never been to Idaho. Wait. Yeah. I've been once to ski, but that didn't count, but I've heard it's pretty <laughs> intense, isn't it? And plus the altitude. I mean, I'm living in Texas. Everything hurts me. I was going to say, yeah, I'm at, I'm, I think I'm technically below sea level, uh, depending on where I'm at. So yeah, it's, I recently, I was out, uh, I was out in Salt Lake city for the, uh, black Ovis. So I was doing a Sitka subalpine launch with, you know, Grady Bowman and Corey Jacobson and all that. And I went out and did oh, cool. a, uh, hike with, uh, with all of them, uh, the day after the launch. And it was, you know, going from, pretty much zero elevation to about 7,000 feet. And then, you know, I'm, I'm still kind of building up my hikes and I, I don't really go too much past, uh, three miles. Uh, yeah. Three miles. Do you train? Trip. Do you train with those, with a mask? I, you know, I don't, I've, I've heard mixed things and a lot of everything I've that. read. It says that it, it doesn't, actually accurately mimic high altitude they say it just actually makes it just makes your training harder and if done too much it can hurt your training um i say they i'm talking about random articles i've read online sure but they seem fairly legit um so i honestly i'm far from an expert i'm the last person to speak one way or the other about it but just from everything i've read um it, it seems like it doesn't help that much at altitude. And there's honestly, other than actually finding somewhere that you can train at altitude, there's no comparison real. Yeah. Real replacement. So man, I don't know, but that's it been, sure would make my life easier when I, cause even just going to the, you know, to the Gila, which is not extreme terrain, 
by any means, but it is still, you're still going up ridges and through saddles and stuff. And I, I mean, I feel it. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> feel it. So <clears throat> well, I'm just wondering if there's something I can be doing now over the summer to prepare better for September. Have you tried using uh, Solitude at all, the Mountain Ops Solitude? Yeah. So when it was called Ascent, sorry, there's like a fly buzzing around. Um, <laughs> when it was called when it was called Ascent, I don't know when they changed it. It took me forever to realize that they didn't get rid of it. They just changed the name of it. But I, I did. It's funny that you say that because in 2015, when I went, um, that's actually the year I got my first bull or my first and only. I've never killed another one. Um I mean, I felt like I was in the best shape of my life. And in fact, in fact, the guides there said I could keep up with them better than most of their clients. And I was like, that's weird because I definitely don't, this altitude is horrible for me. Um, but the difference is I had been doing, and I'm, and I am doing this now is high intensity boot camp training, um, several times a week. And at that moment I'd been doing it for well over six months, five days a week. So I think that's what did so well in 2015. I wasn't obviously using Ascent then. I don't even think it was out yet. This past year in 2016, I was not doing that boot camp. I was lifting weights regularly and I ran and stuff, but I was not, I was just not training in the same way. And I took the ascent with me or solitude. And, um, I did notice a huge difference as far as like getting acclimated in the first couple of days. I still felt fatigued from the distic, the, the hiking portion of it, but my, my chest wasn't on fire. You know what I mean? Like I mm-hmm. could, I could breathe. I just was not as, as good a shape. <laughs> <laughs> so, and Braxton took it too. And he's like, I kind of want to go this year and see what it's like without it and just see the difference, but it wouldn't be equivalent. It wouldn't be a, a, a true, um, experiment because now Physically, he's lifting and working out. Oh yeah. Like what, he used to never work out ever. Like I, I've always been the, the, the gym junkie, but he is, he goes almost every day now. So he's going to feel better no matter what, but I'm, I'm going to take it. I'm not about trying to experiment. I will be taking that <laughs> solitude <laughs> five days before and when I'm there for sure. <clears throat> I just didn't know the mask would be better. I'm always, you know, anytime I can improve that endurance on the mountain, would help because those guides that I'm with, they're like mountain goats. Like, I don't know, you know, and you don't want to be like, can you stop for a second? <laughs> you don't want to be that client, but, uh, man, sometimes I just have to be like, I have to take a breather. <clears throat> That's to some extent. Um, one thing I'm worried about, you know, every, everyone does ask me, they're like, Hey, you know, so are you going with anyone? You need to take someone. And I'm, uh, a lot of it is just, I have, a, a lot of my close friends and a lot of people that, you know, I typically go to ask to do stuff with, none of them are hunters. None of them have any interest in, in starting this. Sure. And my few friends that are hunters, most of them, honestly, they've got their seasons. They've ha- got their seasons for the next three years ha. planned out. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, it's just, it's, it's always the struggle and, you know, you, you want to find someone, uh, you, you mesh with, but, Always in the back of my mind, there's this little bit of struggle where, you know, I've never done this before. I like to think I'm preparing myself as well as humanly possible and I'm doing everything as much as I can do. But I also don't want to go on a hunt with someone and be the one that holds them back. Like, yeah. there's, 
there's that a little bit of it's pride, but also a little bit of it is like, you know, this person's taking a chance on me and I don't want to let this person down when, you know, for, yeah, for one reason fair. or another. That's honest. That's fair. I understand that. And it's certainly if they're, if they're working and taking off work and that can be tough. Um, I, again, I'm not, I don't know any, I don't know backcountry hunting, but I would say just from what I've read and seen and on social media, just the things that can happen, it makes me nervous that idea of you going out alone, but it would be cool to, I, f- I feel like anybody that would go, that it's going with you knows what they're walking into as well. Like they know you've never shot anything and how cool would it be to, you know, witness that? That'd be, that would be cool. Like for me, that's exciting. When you watch someone that's never done something, accomplish something, super motivating and inspiring. So, uh, hopefully you can find someone, but that, that's tough. I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what advice to give you there. <laughs> well, I just need to, I need to keep looking and, you know, I need, I'm, I really ought to get more on a lot of the message boards and just talk to people. Yeah. I've, I've recently started up, uh, uh, one of the BHA hike to hunt groups uh, mm-hmm. uh, for uh, my local area here in Los Angeles. And so I'm hoping just as that starts getting pushed out more, a uh, few more local hunters, you know, might might become aware of it. And it'd be nice to, you know, train with some people, get to know them a little bit better. And who knows, you know, I might uh, might find a lifelong hunting partner in there. I might not. So. Yeah. Well, and social don't don't uh, underestimate the power of social media too. I mean, there's a lot of people up in that area that I'm sure you could ask. But again, I know their schedules are probably crazy. I just that's how I I, I base everything on social media. I can meet. I've met so many people um, that way. Just asking. You never know till you ask. So if you see people in in Idaho <clears throat> in the area that you're wanting to go. Just ask them. They may love it. I mean, for me, the best thing ever is meeting up with random people on social media. We do it all. Braxton and I have met with so many people. Our parents think think that we're crazy, but they're like, "Y'all are are y'all are y'all safe? Are y'all being careful?" I'm like, "We only have a trailer full of bows and guns. I don't know what else we could need, <laughs> but we are just fine." <laughs> I uh, I actually recently I had. Um... I've had a couple of people email me and, uh, you know, um, one guy found my site and, and he's like, and found me on social media and he's like, Hey, you know, I'm in a similar situation, uh, a little bit different, I guess, you know, his kids have kind of grown and, and now he's in our out of the house and now he's interested in getting into hunting. Um, and you know, he was just like, Hey, you know, I really appreciate what you're doing. And I'm like, well, if you ever feel like just talking, hunting and, sitting down and grabbing coffee or whatever, you know, let me know. And so, you know, we're going to be meeting up for coffee soon. And I had another guy, uh, he hit me up on Facebook and he's like, Hey, you know, I'm a fellow country boy living in the city. Uh, you know, all of this stuff. He's a, he's a bow hunter as well. And he's, he's kind of in almost the exact same spot that I am where he's working towards his first animal. He's been on a few hunts, hasn't been successful yet. That's so cool. Um, but yeah, he awesome. he lives just about 10 minutes away from the range where I practice. And so, you know, we were talking back and forth one morning. I hit him up. I'm like, hey, well, I'm going tomorrow if you want to meet up. And we got to meet up and, and we shot and we shot, you know, sent a few arrows downrange together and had just 
an amazing time. And of course, my mother's the same way. She's she's like, wait, so you're meeting up with a strange person at an <laughs> archery range. It's just an older generation. They, you know, their way of communicating is, you know, one point without even phones. You need to talk to me, show up at my door. Which mm-hmm. we still do that where we are. But I mean, you still have so much access to everything else. I, I just think it's great. And I also feel like in this industry, we are surrounded by by good, just good people. I mean, it's just a bunch of country people. I mean, that's what I tell, <laughs> that's what I tell my dad. I'm like, it's just a bunch of country people. And, you know, typically their morals and their beliefs and everything align pretty well. You know, there's a, there's a common denominator, I feel like among most hunters and I've just never been nervous about that sort of thing. Well, I feel like, you know, there's going to be, I hate using the term, but bad apples in the, you know, in every bunch and, Mm -hmm. and, but I feel like in this group, in this group of hunters and, you know, I've talked about it, uh, on one of my early podcasts, hunters are the first ones that are going to, uh, call them out. And if they keep acting like that, make it clear they're not welcome. You know, it's, it's like if you, because we have enough to worry about, we have as hunters, we have so many people that already, you know, try and put us down for, uh, for the good stuff we do. We don't need, we don't need people giving them more ammunition. We don't need people, doing awful stuff. And, you know, so I feel like, yeah, as hunters, as, as good, responsible, ethical hunters, we'll be the first ones to call out these people that are acting in awful ways, doing, doing bad stuff, whether that's towards other hunters, you know, with their hunting practices, you know, with the general public, whatever that may be. Yeah, Um, for sure. And I I feel like that's super unique in any community where so often communities will, uh, when something happens, will, you know, tighten ranks and, and hide these people and defend them regardless of what the issue is. Well, you know, I, I don't always see that being the case with hunters depending on the issue and and what the perspective is. But, uh, it's one, one thing I've noticed as I've, as I've talked with more people and seen issues come and go is, uh, and that I really admire about this group. So. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I feel like I'm surrounded by good people. I've, there are very few, like I said, and when I first started, there might've been, you know, a handful of people that put you down, but for the most part, this is another most support. So it's a great industry. I, de- I definitely would not tell, um, you know, people, I, I would never give the advice like, Oh yeah, just go meet up with random people on social media. But for some reason, when it's specifically in regards to hunting and fishing and enjoying the outdoors, um, it's just different. It's different. I don't treat it the same at all. And the things that you hear on the news and stuff, the bad stories and stuff, the crazy stories, it's, it's never from meeting up to go enjoy the outdoors. You know what I mean? It's not like, Oh, I went to meet up with them and got shot. Like that doesn't happen. So <laughs> I feel pretty good about meeting up with that's it. That's one of my favorite things. It's just, I don't know the people. I like people. I I like meeting them. So getting to travel and not really know what I'm, it's the unknown, not really know what I'm walking into is Mm -hmm. adds to the adventure. 
Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. So you've talked a little bit about, you know, you are not super comfortable as much with backcountry hunting. You're not as experienced with it. You don't know quite as much about it. Um, What would you say, uh, just with hunting in general, what would you say is your specialty? What's your, uh, what's kind of you feel like is, is what you know really, really well? Um... Well, blinds and tree stand hunting, I feel like I know really, really well because that's what I've always grown up doing. So I think that's why I crave spot and stalk. That's why I asked you, like you said that you had done some tree stand hunting. And I think that one of my biggest strengths is patience. Um, I can, I can sit 10, 12, 15 hours in a stand all day long without hardly eating or drinking anything and be fine. Um, cause you, it's just that, that little voice in the back of my head, like at any moment, something could walk out. If you're going to hunt that way there, it does take really, really strong patience. And a lot of people don't have that. So I think that's probably my biggest strength. Um, but well, there's like a weird, I, I try and explain to people when you're in a tree stand, it's, you have to, yeah, you have to keep, I mean, almost absolutely still you're, you have to keep quiet. Um, but you can't just kind of zone out. You have to, the whole time you're there, because like you said, something could walk out at any minute and you have to be prepared to, to do what you need to do, whether that's, you know, range it, grab your bow, you know, whatever you may be hunting and whatever the situation may be, you have to be prepared for that moment. And if you're zoned out, you're going to miss those signs. You're going to miss that, that twig snapping. You're going to, you know, miss that moment where you can make that grunt and get the, get the buck to stop and turn or, um, and so you have to, it's, it's a special skill. I feel like to be able to sit that long, you know, to some extent, I feel like any idiot could sit in a, sit in a chair for, for several hours and just fall asleep or zone out. But yeah, it's a definitely a special still skill set to be able to keep that focus for that long. Yeah. I do take, I do love me some tree stand, tree stand naps though. (laughs) (laughs) I do, but yes, you are, you are correct. I mean, not saying that I wasn't guilty of, of a tree stand nap or two when when I was up in there. I, I love them. There's nothing like being up in a tree and I don't know, it's kind of freeing to me, but I, for that reason, it's kind of like you always want what you can't have or what you haven't had I, I don't want to say I can't have it because I do get to travel a lot but I love spot and stalking but it's not my strength um it's something that I want to be better at and I think that's why I crave it um I would say also the ability to even if I do get worked up on an animal I have the ability to breathe and focus enough to calm down, go through the motions, get anchored in, 
and release with confidence. I can usually, I mean, and it's so weird because in, in 20, not that I don't miss because I do miss and I do make mistakes, but in general, I don't typically get so jacked up when an animal's in front of me that I, my bow is all over the place. I mean, if I, if I pull or if I miss, it's going to be by a few inches, not like, you know, way, you know, left field or something. So, um, patience and just being able to relax and breathe. And I do have to remind myself to breathe. Like a lot of people get the shakes. I stop breathing. So I have to be like, like catch my breath, (laughs) but then walk out. Um, the exception would be this, this last time I was shaking really bad. I mean, I've never, I didn't even know that I could get like that. So, um, yeah, it's funny. It's funny how these experiences test you and you learn about yourself constantly. Like everything that you thought you weren't or couldn't be or do, like, it's like you're always evolving and, um, getting to do it in what's free in this world. You know, like, I I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a cool experience, but patience is my, patience is my strength. I'm not, I'm not some sick, like, hundred yard shot or anything. (laughs) I can't, I can't go into a whole like bragging streak right now. I'm pretty confident, um, at shorter yardages, but I'd hope anybody is who's going out to hunt for the first time. So then on the inverse, what would you say is, uh, your biggest weakness as a hunter? What would you say you're the least confident in, or you, uh, you really feel like you want to still work on? Mm. That's a hard one. I'm trying to, there's always something that I want to work on. Long distance is something I want to work on. So it's, uh, this is, sounds kind of hip hypocritical in a way. I don't know. Like, so I, I, I'm talking about my confidence with a bow and that I, you know, like I don't, I don't doubt that when I pull my bow back, when, where that, where my pin is, that that's where my arrow is going. I don't doubt that to an extent. So my weakness would be longer range. And by longer, I mean like I don't – I wouldn't want to shoot at a whitetail past 30, 35. But when it comes to elk, I would shoot – I had planned to shoot last year out to 60. But then I hear about these people shooting out to like 80, 90 yards, and that, that just blows my mind. So, um, Well, have but, you, you know, seen but, that video, Cam Haynes, where he's he's out I think 100 yards and he's – he still manages to group at a hundred yards. Oh, I'm I mean, sorry, Cameron Haynes, but <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He's my friend. I just, <laughs> he's like, he's like, a, I don't know the exception to the, every role. I can't even, I can't, I can't even, I can't look he's at like his stuff. Cause I'm like, weird, I'm never going to be that good. <laughs> he's like the weird Vitruvian man of archery. He's like, yeah. he can run or backcountry hunting. He can run, he can shoot insane distances he he's strong he's like uh, he, i i don't i don't even know where to start on campaigns <laughs> like, he gets yeah. me he gets me all pumped up about stuff and then i'm like oh man so so far to go so far to go <laughs> yeah he gave me the best advice um on this bear hunt he messaged me he said cuz i guess it's really common for you know, you have 
you know, your first few bears come out. And I'd never seen a bear in the wild, by the way, from this recent, I could, I'd never, ever, other than the zoo, I've never seen a bear. Mm-hmm. So I was telling him, I was like, man, I'm just scared. I'm going to get so worked up and, and not be able to draw or anything. And he just told me, he said, if they run off, they will be back. Do not take any risky shot ever. Like you wait till your perfect moment, take your time, breathe, wait for a mature one. Like he's just like going through the motions and like, man, Cameron Haynes gave me advice. I better take it. So I was kept <laughs> thinking about that and I had to really, you know, I get, I got pumped up when I first saw bears walk in and you want to shoot, but you don't want to shoot. And anyway, he's, he's a great guy. He's a, he's a great role model. Um, well, I remember when I, I first saw him, I just, I wanted to hate him. I wanted yeah, to hit him. I he's know, like, I know. he's this muscle bound dude. And you know, he's got the flat brimmed hats. And I'm like, I just want to hate this guy. And then the <laughs> second so nice. you watch anything with him in it, you're just like, this is the nicest, most encouraging guy in the world. It's like, there's yeah. absolutely nothing to hate about this guy. Like, yeah, I know. Well, somebody always finds something, but I'll uh, always yeah. back him. Well, people like that are idiots. So, you know, yeah. Um, I understand though. He's, he's good at everything. So, <laughs> um, that, that would be one of the examples of like, when I tell people who are new in hunting, I'm like, don't compare yourself to him. Don't, yeah. yeah. Don't, don't look at his stuff. It's inspiring. Yes. But if you think you have to be that good, you don't like I, with a lot of patience and practice, I mean, it, anybody can do it. Of course, I'm I'm hunting in Texas. Hunting here is way different. It's not it's it's not the challenge that other states have. But um, I would like to I would like a longer I would like more confidence longer range, so that I'm not maxed out at an elk at 60 yards. I would like that to be kind of like my middle range. We're like, oh yeah, I'll fling one at 80 if I had to, but that's just not the case. I mean, if I'm being completely honest, and I I really I told them this past year, I'm like. 50 yards would be great. Like I would like to shoot an elk at 50 yards. And then I meet Northwest hunters and they're like, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you practicing out to for your Idaho hunt? Well, I've just, I've just recently started getting past for a while. My max was 40 just cause I honestly have only been shooting for, uh, you know, yeah, you're a beginner. You don't need to be, I mean, I didn't do that. I didn't shoot yeah. past 30 my first year. So you're good. And I was, you know, I, I, took it out to 40 just to see if basically if I could hit the target and I could, yeah. I could group fairly well. You know, I was getting four or five inch groups at, you know, at 40 yards and I was happy with that. And, but now recently I've, I've basically upgraded my bow. I went to, went to upgrade one piece. Uh, I was upgrading the limbs to 70 pounds. Cause when I first got my bow, I had broken ribs. And so uh, I was, I started pulling at 40 pounds and that was a struggle for me. Um, me too. And I feel you. <laughs> and and now it's funny i i think back to that and i'm like man i was must have been in a lot worse shape not 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 as far as like physically and working out i was in pretty decent shape back then but as far as my injuries uh with my broken ribs i was in a lot worse shape than i originally realized cuz i could i would look at that bow every time when i first started pulling it back i'd be like all right going to see if it's going to happen this time <laughs> right oh um, braxton had to stand behind me my first 10 times I pulled back because he got my first bow was a 40 pound bow because he didn't know any better. Like most people started out at 30 girls usually started at like 30. Mine was a 40 to 50. I was like, thanks. Thanks for the pressure. 
But yeah, don't be intimidated by that. I, like my very first year bow hunting, I was shooting to, I had a three pin sight. So I was, it was, uh, stationary. It wasn't a, a wheel. So it was 20, 30, 40. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like shooting 40. It's just, that's what I had. And then it wasn't until last year that I was shooting out to 70, 75 for my elk hunt. So <clears throat> I would say for your first year, you know, don't push it if you don't, I mean, do what you're confident doing, but that's, that's what I feel like most bow hunters aren't shooting past that their first year. So, well, and, and as of just recently, I mean, pretty much this weekend, I, I went and uh, I, I went up to visit my folks for the long weekend, and uh, uh, you know they've got a, a huge plot of land, and so I went went out to the local store and bought a couple of hay bales and threw them threw them out in the backyard and uh, and started practicing a little bit more, and I finally, you know, I upgraded the upgraded the bow, have a new, like I said, I went to upgrade one piece, uh, upgraded the limbs and I'm like, well, you know, while I'm at it, I might as well add this. And, you know, you know, I kind of <laughs> wanted a new site. And so I have the original riser from my bow and that's about it. Um, yeah. shooting a brand new bow. And I finally just had time to sit and, uh, got a brand new spot hog hog at site. Finally mm-hmm. got to start. Um, isn't that what cam shoots? He shoots know a he spot shoots, hog. He uh, a spot. Oh, fast Eddie. Fast Eddie, yeah. He's got. Yeah, I know he's got some crazy site that you can press buttons and switch things, and all of a sudden, you know, you can shoot, do stuff like shoot out to a hundred yards. I didn't uh, even know he had that. Well, but. I think I think he I think it has an adjustment where it's. I'm not sure how many pins it is, but it's got the it's got the pins, and then you can adjust it so it. Um, so those you can use those same pins to shoot at a further distance or something. That's how my new one is. Okay. My HHA is a three pin slider. Yeah. They're coming they're they're constantly evolving. But yeah, anyway, so Spot Hog's a great it's a great uh company. Well it's like the big problem I was having is every time I'd travel I'd have to sit down and re um reset my sights again. Cause I was I mean, it was it was a great true glow site, but it was just it, with travel, my bow kind of got jerked around a lot and mm-hmm. the sights were never where I left them. And so moving over to that spot hog has been, uh, has been fantastic. That thing is just rock solid. Yeah. Um, I Stout. love, I love how like precise I can get those adjustments. Cause I'm, I'm also weirdly anal retentive where it's like, you know, unless it's, <laughs> unless it's perfect, you know, I'll sit and I'm like, if I know I'm shooting right on and it's, and you know, say whatever, I'm using a, a two inch square piece of paper that I'm shooting at. And if I may be hitting that paper, but unless I'm hitting the center of the paper, I'm, I'm it, it's just going to irritate oh, me and I'm going to focus on You need to be it. a target archer then. I'm not, well, and so I have zero desire to be a target archer, but when I'm practicing, I think it's just one of those things It's it's distracting for me. And so I want to get it. I want to get it there. I'm not worried about being necessarily that precise when I'm out hunting, but yeah, because you think about vitals. Like, I, I had to. I, I understand. I do. I completely relate to what you're saying. And it took Braxton just like just laying into me. It was like, listen, you are hitting vitals on every single shot. Move on. Like, because mm-hmm. I, you know, exciting in my bow and stuff, and um, you know, because you can always adjust later, but. I am such a perfectionist. Oh my God. I mean, I, it's bad. It's really bad. So I understand. But at the same time you have to, he's like, he, he had to tell me you're not a target archer. It's okay. Like if you're make if you're hitting vitals every time, then 
it doesn't matter. Well, you know, but I think social media too has kind of catered to those moments for me where I feel like I've got to be something better than what I am and who I am as a person. And that's not fair. You know, like at the end of the day, it should just be who you are and what you've done and how, you know, the success that, that I've had is my way of doing it and it's worked. So why am I trying to change that? And it, it's taken me some time, you know, cause you, it's just, you're, everything's at your fingertips on social media. So yep. you see everything that everybody else is doing and you think, well, maybe I should be doing that. And there's no, there are wrong ways to do things, but there's a lot of right ways to do it too. So. Mm-hmm. And that's why I, I will tend to, I do all my citing in on paper, but then when I'm actually just practicing, like I, you do targets, foam targets. Yeah, I pull out my I pull out my 3D target, and I, you know, I picked up a Rein, nice little Reinhardt target, and I throw that out there. Just just something you know that that has the vitals on it, but I'm I have to get a little more practice in you know just visually, you know. Right moving up and behind the leg kind of a thing. And so um, that's, that's I think, super necessary for my practice just because I know where my brain tends to go. Yeah, if there's a dot there and you don't hit that dot, it is. That's why I did the same thing. I side in on a, on a block and then I go to the 3D like skins where it's the cutout is only the vitals. And I'm like, as long as I'm hitting the vitals every time, I'm ready for my hunt. I did that for the bear hunt and I'm, you go in with so much more confidence instead of thinking about, well, I didn't hit the dot on the last two shots. So I, you know, maybe my, my bow is off. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's so stupid too. Like your bow is fine. It's going to be fine, (laughs) (laughs) but it's a mental thing. That's, you know, it's the beauty in bow hunting. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, but yeah, recently I've moved out to 50 and 60 yards just so I can feel a little more confident at the closer yardage. Sure, Um, That's awesome. You know what I'm I'm starting to group out there. I still shank a, an arrow now and again. I think more Everybody does. People don't talk about it, but they do. <laughs> oh, it's that's the one thing I realized. I'm like, I'm starting to buy arrows in bulk now because uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that was my that was my recent purchase. I'm very excited. I picked up a, an arrow saw and I already had some uh a fletching tool and all of that, but Picked up an arrow saw and I've started buying just shafts now. I'm fletching my own arrows. Um, You're ahead of me. That's awesome. I mean, I fletched my last air- set of arrows, but I don't. I didn't. I cut them at the archery shop. So like, I did everything, but it was at my archery shop. So I'm actually. I want to. I want to look into getting all my own stuff as well and just start. I mean, I feel like that's the true craft and skill. Like everything that goes on mm-hmm. behind it to create your weapon instead of having someone do it for you, but I've had somebody do it for me for all these years. <laughs> so that's awesome that you're getting involved in that. More than anything else, it's just, I got sick of having to drive to the Turners that's half an hour away to, you know, and then wait as, as somebody is, is our, you know, there's a line of people that need to be helped. And, yes. You know, and they're going to charge you for the labor costs of it. When the truth is it's fun to do it yourself. It's, it's, it's therapeutic and meditative for me. I don't know, maybe not for everybody, but I really enjoyed fletching my own arrows last time. And it's definitely on the to-do list to get some tools and play around with those. That's cool. If you have, if you have suggestions, I mean, like 
I know you're new to it, but if you have suggestions, if you've researched and you um, have a brain that you like to to work with in regards to all that stuff, shoot me an email and let me know because I haven't done a whole lot of research. Um, but like I said, it is a priority. I want to get I want to get one soon. The to cut my arrows and fletch and all that. Are you using the plastic arrow fletching thing? Or are you using like a like a solid like a metal one? So um, I was gonna pick up right now. What I have is the the Arizona Easy Fletch. The uh-huh. the one. It's a, it's a little different. It's not like the typical one you mount to a to a table or anything like oh, that. Okay. Um, it's one where you put in all all three fletchings and then. Uh, you basically you set the shaft down in the middle you and close all of them. Yeah, they you, it kind of like uh, spring loads down and closes them all and holds them there. That's what Jules McQueen used the other day. I saw her using one just like that. Okay, so. I've read I've read a lot of good reviews. I also want to pick up the you know I want to try the different types and uh, so um, I want to pick up one of the ones you do mount to the table and you do kind of each one individually. Um, mm-hmm. Just to see if I like it better, you know, I may, I may fall in love with this easy fletch and have no idea that I could, you know, like this one anymore. But uh, got a couple more days before my all my uh, all my arrow shafts show up. So um, cool. I'm sitting. Yeah, and I I don't know if you reference John Dudley at all, but I've, everybody talks about if you want to do your own stuff, they always say to watch his stuff. John uh, Dudley. Knock on TV. Okay. Yeah, um, he's he's a he's a DIY. Like he does all, I mean, he, I don't want to say too much because I don't, I'm not like his number one fan or anything. Like I don't know a whole lot about him, but I know he's great for beginning archers and just even advanced. He's, he's, he started out as a target archer, I believe. And then he did it. Maybe not. I know he's a target archer. He perfected his skills as a target archer to enhance his bow hunting skills. And he does all his own, his arrows completely. So his like um, videos and stuff that you can reference as you're getting into it. So that's really good. I'll have to check that out. And, um, you know, we've talked a lot about a lot of, a lot of good stuff on this. I want to make sure um, this is episode 19. So I'll make sure to post up links to all of this. And of course, all your social media pages too on living country in the city.com slash 19, the number 19. Sweet. Um, so, uh, Couple more things. I totally just looked at the time and um we Oh are, yeah. I didn't even how long we've we been talking? I don't even know. An hour and a half? I think uh not not quite that long yet, but uh I've I'm just having such a good time. I tend <laughs> I didn't it's even notice. Easy. It's yeah, it's easy. Um so a couple things I always like to ask, you know, we'll we'll start winding down here. Um if you could do if you could pick any hunt in the world, anywhere in the world, anywhere in the US, any animal, any species, no limit, um, what would your dream hunt be? What would you pick? That's easy. Yukon moose. Yukon moose, so what is it about Yukon moose? Um, uh, well, first of all, I've always been fascinated by just moose in general. Um, but my dad, so I've always been in a daddy's girl. So he and I, like he goes elk hunting with me every year. And one thing he's always told me since the beginning of this whole journey was let me know when you get me a free moose hunt. Like that's kind of like his thing that he always says to me. Um, but so it's, it's a little bit of that. It's like, it's like, I want it for myself, but I also want it to experience with my dad. I always tell him like, that's my, it's like my 
bucket list item before you die. Like I've got to go hunt Yukon moose with my dad. Um, but just watching, you know, Jim Shockey and all the, all the moose hunts he's been on and just, just, I don't know. Moose are just majestic to me. Like, I don't know what it is. And so are elk. Don't get me wrong. But I think it's that the fact that I've experienced that already. Um, I don't, I don't have any, you know, I know there's tons of stuff to hunt and I just, moose and elk, I think I could just be happy the rest of my life <laughs> if I could get, get a moose. So, and then Yukon, of course, they're just, they're massive there and it's a whole different, um, completely different landscape. I've never been hunting in anything like that. That would be so different. And so, um, I mean, it's just, it's, it's just in the middle of nowhere. And I mean, truly in the middle of nowhere. So definitely, definitely my dream hunt. No, I totally, I totally get that. You know, I, I ask that question a lot and, and I get, I get very different answers from everyone. You know, it's, it's always interesting. It's a fun question for me to ask. And cause it also gets me thinking about hunts I want to do. Yeah. Um, and honestly, you know, I get a lot of people that, that talk about, they talk about sheep and moose and bear and, uh, every so often I'll get, you know, an exotic out of, out of the country hunt. Um, but, uh, and you know, don't get me wrong. Like I would never turn down if somebody was like, Hey, we're going to, I want to take you on this trip to Africa and we're going to go hunt blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I, I would never turn that down. Like that would be so exciting for me and I would be super excited. But when I think about these hunts that I want to do and I want to plan and, you know, I, I do, I think about, I've thought about, uh, Yukon moose before it was a, a big one for me. Um, you know, an Alaska, an Alaska bear hunt, a grizzly, grizzly hunt. bear. Okay. Oh that's another gosh. one. <laughs> so it's funny. I, um, I don't, I have no relation to this company whatsoever. So this is not an advertisement by any means, but when I was just in bear camp, Jeremiah brought this game called gut pile. Have you heard of it? No, but I immediately know I'm going to like it just from the name. <laughs> it's freaking awesome. It's a card game. It's just such a fun. It's so fun. It's a newer game. They're still kind of like trying to get it out into stores and stuff. I, I'm, I'm repeating. This is like the, the grapevine. Jeremiah told me this because he knows the guy. It was so much fun. It's like a, so it's a card game and you can, you know, it pretty much sit around a campfire and you, you are trying to create your perfect hunt and it's all on a score system. And there's all, it, it has got my mind turning lately as far as like caribou and moose and like grizzly. And there's all these things that, um, you can hunt in the game. So I'm, I'm looking at actually looking at the website right now and it's amazing. It looks so freaking cool. And I'm probably so going to cool. buy it as soon as we're done. Yeah. Cause I, it's, I'm such a huge board so game fun. nerd and like card game. Yeah. Nerd. So I love that stuff. So this is like the fact that this combines like two of my absolute favorite things is so exciting for me. <laughs> yeah. He, he, uh, he plays it a lot. I don't, I mean, have you been waterfowl hunting at all yet? I have Def not. Okay. So he, Jay, I call him Jay, but he's big into waterfowl hunting. And he says that like when there aren't any birds flying and they're just waiting, they play that in the blind. That's the cool thing about waterfowl hunting is like the camaraderie. You're with all your friends. You can be loud and laugh and, you know, cut up. And so it's a great, it's a great time to crank out that game, but 
Uh, we played it a lot in the tent at camp. It's so fun. And and it's cool because you always have these kind of like you're planning this this hunt and you're like, okay, I'm going to hunt this and this and this. And, it, you know, you add up the score and there's all these things that can happen in the meantime. But it's funny because it's, it's a way to get the conversation rolling when you're in a camp with a pe- bunch of people that you don't even know, too. So they'd be like, oh, this one time I was hunting, blah, blah, blah. You, t- you know, it kind of like sparks up that fun yeah. and lighthearted conversation that you always want when you're hunting. Like that's part of the fun of it. So um, great game. I I actually wanted to go and leave them a review because it was it was really fun. And word on the street is that they're going to come out with several different um, like that one. I think is specifically for Alaska because he's from Alaska, um, yeah, the main yeah. one. But he's coming out with like different areas for you to go hunt different game. So oh, that's cool. It, yeah, I'm pretty pumped. So. I was also noticing on the. Uh, on the website, they've got um, the kill pack. It looks like, I don't know if it's like an expansion pack for it, but you can submit uh, your trophy pictures and like every six months they'll take a vote and they'll include them in like an, ex- it looks like an expansion for the game that, that people can buy. Oh, that's so cool. I didn't see that. I need to go look at it. I just, I was using Jeremiah's, but they did have, um, so on one of one of the things that you have to lay down whenever you're playing it is that there's a for your transportation like how are you going to get on this hunt so you choose a location the game that you're hunting the weapon your transportation and then um your gear so there's like i don't know a dry bag or a first aid kit or whatever you know there's different things and on the transportation there's a dodge is one of their sponsors so okay. dodge sent them a picture and it's it's campaigns with with his truck on the card. I sent Cam a message. I was like, you're part of my hunt that I'm going on in this, in this game. He's like, I said, who is that guy? No, I said, I said, who is this guy? He's coming on my hunt with me on this card game. He goes, I don't know, but he looks like a bag. (laughs) I was laughing so hard. So he didn't even know he was on that game, but that's cool that they include different personalities and stuff. I'll have to go look at that. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm uh, and it's, reasonably priced too i'm definitely i'm definitely is picking up a copy of this because i need but, a copy uh, too it looks like a 25 bucks oh nice yeah so not bad cool. at all i don't know if they're shipping or anything but uh i'm gonna have to shoot these guys a message and <laughs> tell them how excited i am about this it's fun it'll there's a lot of rules but once you play it once or twice through you'll you'll totally get the hang of it i half of the games i play with my friends we'll do a game night uh i i don't get to make it every week but they'll do a game night every sunday night and there's usually the games we play are so complicated with the rules that it's it's like you spend an hour trying to relearn trying how to, to play the out. game and stuff it's it's insane yeah um and these That's are cool like that you do that though <laughs> these are like full games where you have to dedicate like eight hour an eight hour day to playing these games and you know yeah. you have several meals while you're playing and stuff so yeah. <laughs> so a card game would be a, a nice breath of fresh air for a while <laughs> yeah i think a round of that i mean it's roughly about an hour every time we played it it's about an hour oh that's not bad no um so okay as we're as we're winding it down now let's uh the the one thing i definitely always like to ask is you know, as I said earlier, the podcast is really directed towards 
new hunters and folks like me from the city who are interested in getting into hunting, but, you know, either feel like the bar is set too high or are intimidated at what they have to do, what they have to learn, um, to, to really get into the outdoors and get hunting, uh, really just, do you have any words of encouragement or advice for people that are, are struggling with getting involved into hunting? Oh man, there's so much advice I could give. Um, hmm. Well, one piece of advice as, as far as, as the piece of advice I'm giving is more for people who are already in it, whether you've just started or, you know, you've been in it a few years is to never put your bow down. And what I mean by that is you're going to have so many lows so many lows where you're just like, this isn't for me. And this is, you know, like I must just not be good at it or I missed. And, you know, I'm, I'm not just, I'm not made out for it. It's not cut for me. Well, that's the beauty in, sh- in, in me sharing the, my transparent, the transparency that I show in all my experiences, because anything that you're experiencing in the field is something that somebody else has experienced already. It's just, they don't talk about it. So if you put your bow down, You'll never pick it back up. You'll never, you'll never feel like, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. It's just, it's a piece of advice somebody gave me. And I always think about it whenever I miss, or unfortunately when I've wounded a couple of animals and I think I just don't want to do this anymore. The minute you put it down, you'll never pick it back up. You'll always just think that you're not good enough to do it. And you're going to experience things that everybody does. So you're not alone. You're not terrible. It's just a skill that you have to perfect over a lot of years. Um, I always tell people that because it can be very discouraging and you need to expect to have very low lows <laughs> and very <laughs> high highs. So um, um, as far as just getting into bow hunting in general, do not have any expectations. Like when you start, just just start because you want to shoot a bow. Don't don't start because you want to pick up a bow and go shoot the world record this or that. Like don't have expectations because it's a long it's a long ride. Um that's probably the best advice I can give. You got to have a lot of patience. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day and sitting and sharing about yourself with all of our our listeners. Really appreciate that and uh Thank you so much. Hope to have you back again sometime soon. Thank you so much, Sam. All right, y'all. That'll do it for episode 19 of Living Country in the City. Make sure you check out the show notes page at livingcountryinthecity.com slash 19 to find all of the links mentioned in today's show, as well as all of the places you can find Jessica online. Make sure you give her a follow and check out all of her great content. Finally, if you enjoy the show and would like to help support Living Country in the City, there's a few things you can do. Head on over to livingcountryinthecity.com slash Amazon, bookmark the link, and use it whenever you do your Amazon shopping. Also, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Just search for Living Country in the City on your favorite podcast platform. If you can take a moment to give me an honest rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher, I would greatly appreciate it. It really helps me move up through the podcast rankings and allows me to continue bringing on these awesome guests. Thanks again for tuning in for episode after episode, y'all. Keep listening because I've got some more fantastic guests joining me in the coming weeks. But in the meantime, stay country, y'all. 
Thank y'all for listening to Living Country in the City. Get show notes and check out the blog, product reviews, events, and more at livingcountryinthecity.com. Yeah. I mostly just rip off a lot of stuff from Gritty Bowman as much as I can. Yeah. <laughs> Have you been on his podcast? No, I haven't. It would be I, so fun to be on his podcast, but he's never asked me. So that's what I was asking. Like, I was going to be so jealous if you were on it. <laughs> I, I finally got to meet them. I they were they were very gracious. I have to say, um, it was all I could do to not go complete fanboy on them. And it's like, so there was like free tacos at this event. Came back out and went to get uh, get back in line. And uh, as I'm walking up, he turns around and I see it's him. And I like have this moment where I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> in, in my head. And it probably totally showed on my face that I was like, oh. yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm like, and I'm, you know, my mind, I'm like, just don't be an idiot. Don't be an idiot. And it was like, all I could manage to blurt out was like, I'm a huge fan. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't even say hello. Um, like, he's probably like, oh my gosh, this guy. He and, probably uh, gets it a lot. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. I'm Will Cooper, host of Hunt Stand's Make Your Mark podcast. If you haven't already, download the free Waypoint TV app to listen to our podcast and watch the original films from Hunt Stand Presents anywhere, anytime, and on any device.